listeners to another episode of the Squire Empire podcast. We have Deshante here today. How are you doing today? I am lovely. How are you doing today? Not bad. Can you speak up just a little bit for the listeners? Okay. Is that enough? Yeah, that's good. So uh, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Saturday is my cleaning day. How are you doing today? I can't complain. I went ahead and uh, I feel like it's my podcast tradition to hit the gym up before. That way I'm full of energy. My mind's good. No, I'm doing really, really good today. That's a good That's a good idea. I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I like to always thank all the guests for taking time out of their weekends to get here and, and just bless the listeners with just a different perspective. And I think hearing that you have a new book out, I was like, hey, why don't we you know, talk to you, get to know you a little bit better. And that way, you know, towards the end, we can let everybody know where to, you know, find that book. And that way they can be blessed with something they can listen to and then something they can actually read and enhance their life a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Um, This is, like you said, a great opportunity um, to get my book out there, Um, but also just to to commune um, and to, to make it more intimate um for the promotion of the book absolutely you know i i I don't have a degree in marketing or anything but i was like you know what uh a podcast that like you said have a connection to the person behind the book is always going to be good and you know um i think about even just people sharing my episodes and seeing how many downloads it gets when my guest actually is out there you know, promote. And I'm like, okay, you know, if you put, you put the right energy behind anything, it can really grow legs and really be a blessing and really just show you that you're, you're on the right path and people really uh, see the benefit and, and, and the, uh, the value of what you're doing. So um, uh, do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, So I was born in Ohio, Toledo, mm-hmm. Ohio. I don't know if many people know of it, but um, it's a small little town in Ohio. Uh, born there, um, and a- around 15 years old, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, spent a lot of time there, about 15, 16 years there. Um, and now I am currently living in Houston, Texas, Taking okay. trying that out a little bit. Um, I've been here for two years, almost three years now. Um, and m- most of the work that I do is nonprofit work. Okay. Um, I began a nonprofit organization in Atlanta and wanted to expand it. So now we are here in Texas doing that good um, community work as well. My nonprofit is House of Crowns Inc. And okay. um, basically tend to the the needs and rehabilitate um survivors of sexual trauma so it's been a pretty interesting journey um trying to expand uh, my nonprofit and make it national so what made you want to get into nonprofit work um because i'm just a natural giver um and that is something that um a lot of people like to start businesses i never really had an interest in starting a business but i love to do charitable work i love to do community work and with a nonprofit it's more um, my focus can be more on the impact um and that is the priority to me um i have some experience, particularly in that field, um, personal experience and uh, professional experience. So why not, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I would I would say, um, how did you like get to a point that you had the self-awareness that like that was something that you were passionate about? Absolutely. Um, it came so in in Atlanta, Atlanta at the time um, was number one in the country for human trafficking. Um, and so it really intrigued me to dig deeper into it and learn more about it. Um, and although I was never um, a victim or a survivor of human trafficking, I could relate to some of the stories that the women who were, um, were sharing. Their testimonies were very familiar. Um, and then it hit me that how blessed I am to not have been um, in that that situation. Um, I've always had a desire and a passion for kind of being a voice for people. So I took that opportunity to put my passion um, with this need that needs to be met um, and become not just talk about becoming, you know, that voice, but actually becoming that voice. Um, this is a, an area that not a lot of people um, get into. Um, they hear about it a lot, but they don't really get into the work. It's because it's hard work and it's dangerous work. So I definitely get it. Um, but I, I, I was given the opportunity to do so. And um, God really gave me a word on um, how, how this could have been me. Um, and so I just felt the need to to zone in to this audience um, and let them know that there's still hope, there's still salvation um, available. There is, this is not the end for you. That's good. You said um, God gave you a word. Was it like, like a, like a literal, like, was there something that like you heard or like something that like, you know, that you read or something that really like touched your heart to make you like, kind of like, you know, go down this path? Um. He told me as I'm investigating and doing my research on human trafficking, he literally said to me, this could have been you. Mm. It would have been you. It should have been you. So to think about how blessed and how much mercy and protection that was over my life that kept me from being in in that situation, told me that I have a duty to turn my pain um, into purpose, to turn my pain into um, a a purpose for more than just me. Um, There's a whole community out here who believes that because these things have happened to them, um, that they will live, they, they have to live with this trauma forever. They have to live with this pain forever. And, and they don't. Um, A few years after the, the, a few years after that word, um, I was particularly in a situation where I, I was dealing with that trauma and it was, it was pretty deep. It was pretty heavy. And I was at the point where I was hopeless. Um, and a situation happened where that was no longer the case. Um, God, it wasn't, it wasn't an overnight process, of course. However, um, I was freed from, from that trauma. I was, my soul, uh, was lightened from that burden. And so, um, it, it definitely hit me because again, a lot of people don't experience that. A lot of people 
live with that pain for the rest of their lives. And I, I want people to know that there's more to life than that. Yes, this is something terrible that has happened to you, um, but it can be used for a greater purpose. And it does not have to confine you um, to these certain personality characteristics or this certain fear and anger um, that you're, you're feeling at this moment. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. You know, I think um, sometimes I think we are always kind of like looking for a sign, but then I think sometimes it's about when you see the sign, like just trusting in the process. Do you have has like religion always been like a important thing for you, or is that something that's like grown over time, or? Yeah, so I was raised in the church, preacher's kid, um, grandfather, uncles, everybody, preacher. So um, raised in the church. Um, however, I did, once I moved away from Ohio, that wasn't really my life anymore. Um, that was my life because that's where my family were. Um, so once moving away from my family, that was no longer really my setup. So mm -hmm. for a long time, um, about 10, about 10 years, I was, I found myself, um, wavering, wavering. I didn't really know Exactly. It, it wasn't that I didn't know God. It wasn't that I didn't um, know Jesus. I just didn't have that personal relationship. Um, I, I was not even aware um, that that was something that I could have. So it in that time, um, I was I would say that I was uh, a backslider. <laughs> I was backsliding. Um, I was a Actually, one friend put it to me um, one way. She said um, that she used the term wandering aimlessly. And that's and that and that hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I had never um, felt like I was wandering aimlessly. But when she said that, it registered to me so deeply and I just like broke down. <laughs> um, but it, it occurred to me that I am moving without direction um and because of the way i was brought up i was counting on people to give me direction that weren't really available to give me that direction they didn't get that direction themselves um so they didn't really have that to give to me and i, I came to a point where it, it was really literally no one else that could have helped me but god um, and, and we kind of had a one-on-one -on -one and, and, you know, it's been, <laughs> it's, we've been rocking ever since. Um, not easy, not easy, but we are still rocking. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes I think it can be challenging to when you're like relatively familiar with something and then you kind of step away from it going back sometimes like accepting it again can be hard, right? Cause you wonder, is your heart really in the place this time? Is this really something you wanna do? Like, how did you get here in the first place? So what do you feel like was one of the bigger things that kind of reinforced you like accepting him, I guess, more fully um, when you kind of had your wake up call, would you say? Yeah, it was really him so a lot of people don't know that for about three years, I was in um, a lesbian relationship. Something that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm. 
Mm. Um, it was nothing. Some, it was nothing that I had ever thought. I never even saw myself in that situation. It was literally just like the right, the wrong time and the, and the wrong moment. You know, um, I just crossed paths with the wrong person at the wrong time, and it took me on a, a loop that I did not imagine myself being on. Um, in this relationship, although it was not a relationship of God. This this person um, appeared to be a very spiritual, godly person, um, and very qualified, more anointed and spiritual than I ever felt. Um, however, when it was time for this relationship to come to an end, God spoke to me and and pulled me out of that lifestyle completely. However, this other person who I thought was more qualified, was more anointing, who had a better relationship with him, is to this day still living that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. To see that he went amongst people that I thought he would have chosen, he chose me to pull me out of that darkness, to save my soul. And that, that to this day, it, it just means the world to me um, to know that I was so deep. I was so deep and so dark and getting myself into things that I had no idea about. Um, and he did not allow me to continue in that path. Um, and he spoke to me on on three separate occasions. Um, once. I was watching a sermon and he used the preacher to say something to me that kind of stood out. And then a couple of hours later, I was having a conversation. I was uh, having a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, he used him to say something to me as well. And then maybe three hours later, I read a Bible scripture and the Bible scripture is um, it was Romans one and it it read that um, it's Paul telling saying that uh, we we trade the truth for a lie, and it hit me that that's that's exactly how I ended up in that situation. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was a wrong situation from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, however, I got into it anyway, being rebellious, being disobedient, just being going against the grain, being who I was. Mm -hmm. um, however, it that situation that was intended for evil was able to come around for my good, even though that situation was supposed to um, keep me in the darkness. Um, I was able to really have a personal connection and find a personal connection with Jesus um, during that relationship, all because um, there was someone who I thought, was closer that was inspiring me um and then at the end of the situation in terms of you know that they they weren't as close as they appeared to be it became a you know be aware of, of how things appear to be type situation um but um god was able to use that situation to to bring me closer to him and i felt like that other person probably deserved that that more mm. um but god saw that differently um and that that to me just that acceptance, that grace, that mercy, um, it, it just meant the world to me. And to this day, it's, it's something that I always revert back to um, in any time of trouble. Yeah, I mean, I think um, 
I think I've heard it plenty of times about trying our best not to second guess what God does, because I think sometimes we only know the part that he's revealed to us or sometimes the part that people choose to show, but sometimes we never have the full picture, you know? So, um, with your story, I mean, I think one thing I think a lot of the listeners could benefit from is, uh, what, what type of boundaries do you feel like you've had to set in your life to kind of keep you on this journey that you're going on? Absolutely. Um, so it really comes down to, um, zoning in mm-hmm. on my relationship with God, um, not involving anyone else, um, me and God, um, and although we aren't perfect, um, at least putting forth the effort to try to be, you know, holy. Um, and being um, being holy is, is sometimes looked down upon. It's sometimes looked at as, you know, people thinking they're better than other people. Uh, but for me, being holy is, is really me um, showing the world how God has changed me, what God has done for me and what he can do for other people. Um, but also it shows them that, that I, I play a new game now. Mm-hmm. I do the same things that I used to do. I'm not interested in the same things that I used to do. Um, and so being consistent in that holiness um, helps me to, to set those boundaries needed um, for for the people of my past, um, for the people that I used to to hang with and run with, um, so making uh, different choices and surrounding myself with different people who are more like-minded for where I'm going as opposed to um, where I've been. So have has would you say when you look at like um, some of those relationships, does that mean that there's certain people that you know, you weren't able to continue, just like continue to like fellowship and spend time with? Is that, was that part of the process? Or? Um, it was definitely a big, a huge part of the process. Um, the scripture tells us to guard our hearts. And, and the way that we um, guard our hearts is, is by avoiding sin, uh, um, not putting ourselves in sinful situations, in situations where we can sin against each other, in situations where we can sin against God. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it did not take long for me to notice that I was growing in a way that people around me were not, that I was changing in a way that people were around me were not. Not only were they not, they weren't interested in changing. They weren't interested <clears throat> in growing. Oh, I'm sorry. They weren't interested in growing in that way. Um, so it was hard, very hard to accept that because you want when you, you know, you find this new life, you want to take everybody with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it, it, it was the opposite. It um, put me in a situation uh, which kind of brought me to the actual writing of, of Jesus's goals. It brought me to a situation of isolation of um, feeling in in the wilderness. Um, I couldn't go to the people that I used to go to um, because they had they they had worldly ideas and that was not 
where I was trying to be anymore. I had had enough of, <laughs> of the world. Um, so um, I had a, an instance with um, a, a prophet and I don't, this is my first time ever speaking with a prophet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, she asked me my name. She asked me where I was from. And just off of that, she tells me, you need to cut ties with your people. Like, you know, they're bringing you down. <laughs> um, I got out for a while because I'm a little slow. So for a while, while God is telling me, you know, cut ties, I'm still trying to hold on to people. Um, I'm still trying to help save them. Um, and God just had to tell me, like, you're not the savior. This is not your job to save them. It's my job to save them right now. We're saving you. And if you keep messing with them, <laughs> you're going to be right with them, you know. Um, so I had to cut off a lot of ties. I mean, close relationships. I'm, I'm an introverted person, so I don't every relationship I had was intimate. I have three friends and then my, my immediate family, all of them had to be cut off and it was heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Um, however, it was not worth my relationship with God. Um, so I had to, I had to let it go. You know, I, I appreciate you sharing that, you know, I think, um, I've found this as I've talked to more people that a lot of times when we think about grief, I think we only talk about like uh, like losing someone. But uh, the more guests I talk to and as they make um, very large lifestyle choices and changes, sometimes there's grief with just losing those relationships that you've you've cultivated and developed and you know people that you pour into and people who poured into you and and it's it's just a, like you said heartbreaking to to know that where you want to go those people may not be interested or equipped to to further that and actually have that happen so you know i, I appreciate you sharing that cuz i think it's it's important for you know, the listeners and for those younger um, people out there to realize that, you know, it's about making smarter choices with who you build your your circle around and, and who you set those boundaries with early on. So that way you have people that you can grow with, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, like parents, you know, when they buy you clothes sometimes and you're younger, it's like, well, you can grow into it, you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> I guess we kind of want to have friends and, you know, have friends that we can grow into. And then also, you know, kind of like you said as well, when somebody is is teeing us up to walk further with God, maybe the shoes may look really big. But if we allow him in, we could allow ourselves to grow into those shoes as well. But it just there, you know, there's a. There's nothing that we can really gain in life without sacrificing something that and the thing we sacrifice may not inherently be as valuable as we think it is in the moment. But later on, we're like, okay, wow, this was really holding me back from being who I really am supposed to be. Absolutely. Um, It it was a lot of um, the the fight against it was a lot of me just not understanding. and trying to make sense of it, of it myself. Um, and that just wasn't, um, 
what God was trying to um, tell me right then and there. That's not, I didn't need to know that information right then and there. Uh, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says, you know, more, more knowledge brings sorrow. Um, and, and don't quote me word by word because I am paraphrase queen. Um, but more knowledge brings sorrow. And um, it just would have discouraged me even more if I had known the reasoning why I had to disconnect from those people right then and there. Uh, when it was time, it was revealed um, and I was able to handle it better. Um, so yeah, trusting in God's timing as well and his understanding is major. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of brings me to the to the next point is um, I think we, you know, in 2023, we always, I think the term intentional is kind of it can be kind of uh, cliche, but it really does require a lot of intentionality in like what we do in life. Um, I think you sometimes have to be a certain level of mature to actually make sure that you're being intentional because that would require you to be self-aware and being like, I absolutely cannot do this at all. You know, this is something that there's no, there's no room in where I want to go for this. Right. Yeah. And then, on the other end of it, there's things that we start finding that we always have to make time for because if we don't, we'll be eternally lost, right? So we have these things in our lives that we're just kind of shifting back and forth between between what are the things that I can never do again because like the road of destruction is behind it, right? And what are the things that need to be part of my routine for me to truly be able to be used in the capacity that that I'm supposed to be here for, you know? So for yourself, you know, when you think about like life going forward, what are some areas that you think you, I guess, are or probably want to continue to be more intentional about at, to, to make sure that you can kind of, you know, not just be a service and like, you know, your nonprofit and, and in God, but what are some other things that you feel like you like to be intentional about? Um, not just aside from the nonprofit, um, in the ministry collectively in my life, I, I want to be, um, and continue to be intentional about impact. Um, that is, is just so important to me. And it's so easy to get caught up in, um, in, in like fame and fortune. And especially, um, with doing work, everybody kind of wants, you know, to leave their legacy mm. and they want to, you know, to, to leave behind their name. Um, but I, I just want to make the impact. I just want to zone on in on the impact. It's not, I, I don't care if anyone ever associates my name with any of it. I just want to keep, I am a very observant person. Um, so I observe things sometimes that other people do not see. I, I think that is a, a gift, um, a spiritual gift that I have. And, in, and it's not meant to go in vain. Um, it's meant for me to, to, to definitely use that. So I know that I cannot necessarily do anything. Be, I mean, everything, because there's so many issues that I want to touch on and be impactful on. However, I am trusting um, that when the time is right, God is going to align me, you know, with the right people who who are going to be able to help me in those areas. Or um, maybe 
all I have to do is plant a seed, you know, and, and, and they'll, you know, take it off um, because it's not, again, it's not about me. It's, it's so much more than me and it's so much bigger than me. Um, and so I just want to continue uh, to be intentional about making an impact. It's, it's hard because sometimes you don't see the results of impact um, uh, in, a, in your lifetime. Okay. So um, remembering, you know, that why, remembering that purpose and, and just continuing to prioritize impact um, over all of the other stuff, the worldly things. <laughs> That's good. And, you know, I, I love the fact that you use the word legacy because, you know, before we got on, I was telling you that that was that was part of the framework for season one of the podcast was legacy was one of the big letters. And, you know, how ironic, you know, when you think about legacy for yourself, I mean, you have a book, you know, the first of many, I know, but, you know, I bought it because I wanted definitely to support you and, and I, and I think it just turned out to be a great time to, you know, use my platform to, you know, get your book out there and just to really add a little bit more of like the compassion to who the person is behind it. Because like you said, there's a lot of things that will um, outlive us and we may not be able to see the fruits of our labor. And, you know, sometimes people will have so much praise for us that they don't even uh, take the time to share with us. Right. So we don't even get to enjoy our flowers while we're here. But, um, you know, there's that saying everything um, done in the dark will come to the light. And I think I think we think about that normally from like a negative standpoint. But sometimes there's blessings in, that people are doing for you in the dark that you just think are just not happening. You're second guessing everything. And then you finally look up and you just like you like kind of like you implied, like you just kind of put it up to somebody who's bigger and more powerful than you. And then, boom, things just start clicking. Things are just start moving without you. Things just become very much uh, like just smooth things. And you're like, wow, like I I had so much anxiety, so much um, double guessing myself of who I was supposed to be. And sometimes I just had to just, you know, give it up to somebody bigger than me and everything worked out. Absolutely. It always works out. It always, when you move with pure intentions, it's, it's going to work out. So with, with um, I want to hit one more letter and then I kind of definitely want to allow you to talk a little bit about your book and, and, and just really kind of let people know what they'll be getting when they, when they go and buy 30 copies or 50 <laughs> or a hundred copies of it. Um, like when you think about compassion for you, I mean, you have, um, you know, compassion for those in the ministry, compassion for the survivors out there, you know, where, 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 where do you see like, um, how far does your compassion just for like the world, how, how far does it stretch? My compassion stretches, um, uh, it's funny that you asked that question because I don't consider myself to be the most compassionate person. And it's something that I still pray about because um, and I think it's because I'm very introverted. So I don't get to um, I don't get to look into other people's lives as much. Um, I don't get to um, I don't get that that access as much or I don't. I don't take that access, I should say, mm -hmm. um, to other people's lives. 
And so sometimes my view can be, um, you know, very just me. It could just be, you know, I can sometimes forget uh, to have compassion for other people. Um, But I do have passion. Um, And I do like to see change. And I do like to see um, growth. I am currently very interested in um, church planting um, because I believe that um, you know, the surface level things and the patchwork is, is just not going to cut it. Um, it has to be a, a deeper level. So I think that instead of me continuing to say that I lack compassion, <laughs> I think that um, a better thing for me to say is that um, my compassion uh, runs it's, it's just on a deeper level than, than other people's compassion. Um, and it's not that the surface level things aren't good um, and they aren't helpful, but I like to get to the root of issues. It's, it's the root that's going to actually make the change. Um, trying to just fix things on the surface is just not going to do it. It may look you know, it may look better, um, but it's not actually fixing the issue. So um, what I've realized is some people's compassion, it, it, it's limited. Mm-hmm. It's limited to um, to what the perception is. It's limited to um, whether it be their motives or, you know, just to get some glory from other people. Um, it doesn't always go down to the to to the depths of the soul um and that is what i want the effect of of my ministry um to be i want it to be life changing um and and in and in great depth um and and like i said pulling pulling up the roots of the issue unpacking um the issues that are at hand and getting to a deeper level because at the end of the day it's not just about healing um, one individual. It's about healing one individual so this individual can heal other individuals. So, Absolutely. So I know that, you know, I know the listeners are, are, would ask, so I'll just ask on their behalf, like, how do you recharge? You know, I think um, being a very, like, you're really pouring a lot of your emotions into a lot of other people. And then being an introvert means that you kind of stay to yourself. So how do you how do you keep the the energy going? Like how do you take time for yourself? Like so that way those those other imp- really empathetic you know people out there can kind of maybe pick up some ideas that they're not aware of for when you're out there and you're you're doing you know doing the Lord's work and you're pouring into people and you're you know you're doing all these things to just make the world a better place like. Do you have any tips for like what they can do for themselves or what you do that that's been helpful? Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, back to boundaries. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is always just so important. Um, it wasn't until I started 
of ministering that I realized that I could be a people pleaser, um, trying to just kind of help everyone because I just love to be helpful. Um, and it was just innocent, you know, then. But when it started to interfere with my work that I'm doing for God, then that was, you know, that started to become a problem. So I had to definitely assure that I am drawing boundaries, um, not feeling not feeling guilty when I'm exhausted, um, allowing myself, my body and my soul to rest and take that time, however much time I need to do that, because it is important that I'm my best self um, if I am going to be pouring into other people and out here um, healing other people. I have to always be my best self. I can't do anything about that. Um, I can't do anything about any anybody's situation if I can't, you know, do anything about me. I have to definitely um focus more on uh, on me and because that that's ultimately going to determine what I put out there um I used to get really uh, feel really guilty about being exhausted or about uh, not wanting to take a phone call or um not just you know being in a space to to take on someone else's things um but that's just that's no longer the case I, because I can't. It was wearing me down. It was exhausting me. Um, and and so I, when when that time comes, people other people don't know, you know, they can't tell when you're exhausted. They can't tell when you've had enough or your plate is full. So it's up to you to know that. And it's up to you um, to guard your heart um, as well as to take care of yourself. Um, and especially if you want to continue um, doing that work. So I'm telling you, if I have to lay in bed for three days and just, you know, talk to God and pray and worship and fast, whatever I have to do um, and not feel bad about it, because ultimately I know that I'm doing it for a, for a bigger purpose. Um, and that requires me to make sure I'm taking care of myself. That's good. And I, and I think that, that I think that's definitely some words of wisdom for those people who are out there feeling like they don't know what else they can do or how much they more they can pull. I think it is important to find that way to take care of your own mental health, because if you're not um, taking care of yourself, it's kind of hard to be a, a, a real genuine service to other people. Absolutely. Taking care of yourself is a part of serving God. Um, he wants you to take care of yourself. And it's, we, sometimes we, we forget, um, that we don't, we're not serving man, you know, and, and, and it's easy to get caught up in that. Um, it's easy to forget, um, and think that by serving man, we are serving God, but it's very um, important that we, you know, check our motives, Make sure that, you know, our motives are always pure and that whatever we're doing is going to lead back to his glory, not our own. Absolutely. Um, so I really appreciate your time. I think, you know, the stuff that you shared and, you know, being able to just give that insight, I think definitely super valuable. But, you know, it's not all about me. It's all about you as well. Like, can you please tell us a little bit, a little bit, a lot of bit about your book so that way people can can understand how someone who's doing all the the wonderful things you're doing out there just really working on yourself working on making the world better a better place how did you even have the time to work on writing a book i think i would love to just hear about that you know absolutely um so 
it's it's been a process. Um, writing is is a, a creative process. So, it three years ago, I'm sorry, yes, three years ago, the title was given to me. God had given me the title, and at the time, I thought it. I well, I wanted it to be a children's book because God's telling me to write a book, and I'm like no, thank you. You know, I don't want to write a book. That's not something I want to do. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be halfway obedient. I'm going to write this book, but I'm going to write it about what I want to write it about. <laughs> What's easier for me. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm, it got my mind set that it's supposed to be this children's book, but nothing is coming to me. Like the creative flow just ain't flowing. Okay. And so, um, it was three years later. Um, where I had gone to a, um, it was, it was in 2021. I had gone to a, I was invited to a prayer shut-in. Um, and it was a very different experience for me. I didn't even know what a prayer shut-in was. Um, but it's like this, um, a, a lock-in, so to speak, where you spend three, four days fasting and praying, Okay. Uh, life-changing experience. It was, um, this is how we brought in the new year. So in that um, shut-in, we did this activity where we put Bible names in a hat and everyone had to draw one out. I drew out Paul. (laughs) And Paul is my favorite writer in the Bible. Um, But I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? So the prophetess is, she tells me like, you're supposed to write. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. And in this, in this uh, fast, I mean, the shut in, she also assigns us to do a 40 day fast sometime at some point throughout the year before the next shut in. Um, I'm putting the fast off, putting the fast off. And I came to a point where I had just gotten so frustrated with life. Life was just incredibly heavy on me. Um, and I've always been a faster. However, I had never fasted that long, which is why I kept putting the fast off because I know it would be really tough. Um, I got to a point where I knew that I had to do this fast. It was no, I couldn't wait another day. Um, and so I sit down to journal the fast and God just starts speaking to me like this, this is it. This is Jesus's goals. Like this 40 day fast, this prayer, like this journaling, this is, this is going to be your book. Um, and so I continue on the fast and it's consists of me just journaling everything that I'm going through. Um, and it was just such a life-changing fast. Um, I had the commitment, the self-discipline, like I gained so much from this fast that I never imagined. Um, And so the book um, at first started off as my journal entries. Um, But then I had to take it back to God. Like, is this it? Is this what you want? And um, he asked me, what, what were the main things that helped me during the fast? It was my journaling, it was the fasting, it was praying, and it was scripture. 
And so he told me to combine all of those things into this 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 book. Um, is this is the this is exactly what Jesus's goals is doing this forty day fast. Um, this is exactly what it is being in 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 a wilderness um, because you know in a fast you can't really talk to people about the, about fasting you can't really share that that this is something you're going through you're just kind of going through it alone for the most part you know in the physical um, and so it can kind of seem like nobody can relate it can seem like um, you're nobody can really understand no nobody understands what you're going through um but god told me because you've done this fast you do understand and although they can't physically um be doing this fast with you or you can't physically be doing this fast with them it is going to help them to know that this is not an experience that nobody has ever lived. This is not an experience um, that is unknown because when you're going through these, these trials um, and this, the spiritual maturity, it is very easy for the enemy to convince you uh, that you're, you've taken the wrong path. You've done the wrong things. You made the wrong decisions. You heard God wrong, you know? Um, and unless you um, encounter like-minded people during this journey, it's going to drive you crazy and you are going to more than likely turn back around and backslide. Um, so it's just very important for people to know um, that, that even though there are not many, there are people who are seeking the same things that they are seeking. There are people who are dealing with the same things that they are dealing with. Um, and that, that through prayer, um, through scripture, through fasting, and, and doing everything um, that you possibly can do to, to be closer to God, making that sacrifice, um, being in that season of wilderness and isolation, um, it's, so, it's well worth it. It's so hard, but it is well worth it in the end. And so it's really a challenge for more people to do this 40-day fast. Um People hear 40 day fast and they like, yeah, right, you know, um, but at the end of the day, um, we're all trying to figure out life. Um, but most of the time we make it harder on ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, God has has given us an example. He has given us the way, the truth and the life. And um, we just don't pay attention to it enough. We just don't. Um, we we see ourselves. We see ourselves as, as like Jesus is royalty and we're just like the peasants, you know, um, but Paul t teaches us that we're co-heirs with Christ. Um, and so that we we are um, able to inherit the same spiritual blessings. Um, so it comes a lot from knowing who you are in Christ, um, as well as emulating the life that he lived. It's, it's hard. You know, he definitely was perfect and we will never um, live that perfect of a life. However, because we've been born again, we do have an opportunity to do things differently. Um, we do have a chance to um, show show the world who God is by the way we live our life. Um, show the world who what God has done for us just by the way we live our life. A lot of times people make the ministry very uh, difficult because they're always trying to find the right things to say or um, it's, it's more so about preaching. So 
everybody's all about saying, trying to say the right things. But a lot of times God is just calling us to be who it is that we are. Um, he's putting us in situations to just be who it is that he's created us to be. And he's able to use that to to change that situation in a way that we could have never imagined or thought of. Um, so I just want, um, if anybody, anything from this book, <laughs> I just want everybody to know that Jesus is the way. He's the way, he's the path, and he's the example. And we can literally um, lighten our own burdens if we just use the example that God gave us, <laughs> as opposed to trying to figure it out on our own or trying to be like everybody else, all the celebrities and, you know, all the stars. Um, there's this, There's one life. There's this one life that impacted the world um, in a way that no other life has ever impacted the world. Um, and that should be our goal. Jesus, not the world. Wow. You know, <laughs> I wow, that was good. You know, I think, you know, thank you for being the star of the day of just really giving me and my listeners an opportunity just to see you know, there's probably somebody out there right now who just needed to hear that to just get regrounded. You know, I think um, there's some things that we get tasked with that can be really daunting and really put us in a place that we're like, we question, can I really do this? Or what does this really look like? But I think um, for him to use you and to have you fast and and have you use that to be something bigger than yourself and to actually write that book that that's really, truly, truly amazing. And I think sometimes we can get all the way to the finish line. It's like, okay, I wrote the book and then you just throw it in the corner and you just don't even, but for you to like write the book, you know, get it edited, reviewed by who knows how many people. And then to actually like go through a publishing and, you know, and I mean, I have a copy myself, so I try to lead, like you said, I try to lead by example. You know, I felt as though, you know, um, how could I have somebody who has such an amazing story to, to share and has a book that would enhance so many people's lives and I could not even take the time to to um, share what God's given me to be able to at least buy one copy for myself. So y'all y'all heard that from me first like go out there and uh go to the description box all her information will be there and buy as many copies as you can bless yourself or bless somebody else with you know i think um you know as i get older i realize that i don't meet people by happenstance now what serve what place that person will serve in my life i find that out year after year different people serve different purposes but the people who are truly genuine and truly there um for me i realized that it's like okay this person has a purpose for me and um i think for me as someone who's always looking for new guests that i that i feel like have a story to say and tell you know i remember as soon as i saw your book you were the first person i, I was like you know what this this looks like a a mutual like relationship and and I, and I'm so glad that you made the time and we didn't have to take a lot of time back and forth and I feel like it's just such a great pleasure to have you on here today so but like I always like to do um you know 
we, we, I guess you don't have to give a, a long list of book recommendations because I know what the number one book recommendation would be <laughs> is Jesus's goals in the Bible, you know, but uh, please tell the listeners if there's any uh, books that you would recommend, any um, quotes that you live by, anything that you can think that would be something that, uh, that they could take away from this podcast. If they don't hear nothing else, what is something you want to leave them with? Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite books is um, Holier Than Now by Jackie Hill Perry. That is such an amazing book. Um, it speaks more into, into God's holiness and gives us a better understanding of how that works for us. Um, so she's, she's an amazing author. Um, also, I touched on um, a little bit on uh, having a lesbian relationship. She also has a good book um, called um, Gay Girl, Good God. Um, that is also an amazing book. I am... As far as the Bible, my number one book, but I have recently um, got a copy of the Tony Evans Study Bible. Such an amazing um, Bible. He he's such an amazing amazing preacher um, overall, but a, a great teacher. Um, and so that has really been very helpful and insightful. Um, and as far as quotes, I would like to leave y'all with a lot of people um like to bring up how hurt people hurt people but i like to turn it around um because heal people heal people too um so the goal is to heal as many people <laughs> um so that we can not just be healed individuals um but a healed community um so just just as much as hurt people hurt people heal people heal people so if we focus on our own healing just imagine how many other people uh, we can help heal as well absolutely well Deshante, i mean what a way to kick off season two of the podcast i'm just so blessed and honored that you made the time there's a lot of other things you could have been doing but uh, I think you really couldn't turn me down because you knew that God has something something for you here, too. You know, and I think mm. I think that's the thing. Right. Um, I think it's easy sometimes to feel over overextended in life because we're doing so much. But sometimes we know that things are bigger than ourselves and there's accountability that we have to other people, which is like me and you kind of working out the date and the time. But I think definitely from you sharing your story today, I feel like your accountability to yourself to be able to share your story and share where you've been. And this is just the beginning. I think it's such a great thing. And uh, I just really thank you for being vulnerable, being honest. And uh, where can they get that book at again? Yes, it is available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So there are two separate covers, but they are the same book. I get this question all the time. Um, there's just a more um, masculine cover and a more feminine cover, but they are the exact same book and it's available on Amazon. Jesus is goals. Um, yeah, check it out. I would really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Squire Empire listeners. Season two is kicking off with a bang. Uh, thank you, Deshante, for stopping by. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.